Welcome to the Community Immunity Podcast. Every month I am bringing you two new guests from the world of spiritual, physical, mental and emotional well-being to strengthen your own immunity, to invite you to awaken the potential within. My name is Lucia Hargasova and I am a life and leadership coach. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to one and only Pedro Misla. So I met Pedro at the Imagine Kundalini Features Training back in 2014, and I can't believe it. It was already six years. And he's one of the founders, and he's also, you know, worked as an economist. He's also a musician and now a yoga teacher, not only Kundalini, but also Tantra Vinyasa Flow. And for me, Pedro, you have a very different approach to yoga. And my experience with you, not only through the teacher's training, but also through the classes, was that you always managed to take the very ancient concepts and kind of the wisdoms of thousands and thousands of years and always question, okay, how can we apply this to everyday life? And you manage also to bring a sense of humor and sometimes pushed us, well, not sometimes, a lot of times pushed us to question exactly. some of the concepts and what they mean for us. So, you know, I think today is, is a fantastic opportunity. So welcome to the Community Immunity Podcast. Thank you very, very much, Lucy. I'm very, very happy to be here. And well, I follow you, as you might imagine, and it's a great space to talk about yoga and life. Thanks for making this space possible. Yeah. And, you know, we talked before about, you know, so many things which are happening in the world and the shifts and, you know, perhaps how tough the 2020 year is for, you know, many of us, especially when it comes to the topic of kind of a resistance to the uncertainty. So we've always knew from yoga that uncertainty is the only thing which is certain, as you say. But I feel that, you know, the amount of changes which are happening in the world, there is a lot of resistance to these changes. So could you tell me a little bit kind of a, your take on this one? Well, yeah, definitely, without a doubt, 2020 is a special year. It's a different year. We're all facing challenges. We could go into the astrological element of the year. Or we could do the numerology of the year. But I think that's beyond the scope of what we're doing here. What I can tell you is that Many people wrote me, students, ex-students, friends, well, they're all friends, talking about the future. And this phrase keep on coming up, you know, like, because now the future is more uncertain. So I always answered back, like, no, 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 no. That is a mistake of approach. The future is exactly as uncertain as it has always been. The future hasn't, now is not more uncertain. No, no, no. It's equally uncertain as it has always been. What's changing now is that our plans, our expectations are less likely. For now, what's happening is that for us to forecast our lives three months, six months, 12 months, 18 months from now is more difficult. And we are now having to recognize and we are now having to adapt to an ability that is somehow dormant, but is there is there, that is our ability to navigate these uncertain waters. But the thing is, each day that comes is a new day for everybody. For Liam, your kid, for my daughter, every time the sun comes up is new. 
even when we are 80 years old. So basically, if we check out the premise of Mother Nature, God, universe, however you want to call it, doing this, it means that we are being trained daily to face, live, and hopefully enjoy the uncertainty of life. That, by the way, is what makes it fun. Mm -hmm. So what's happening these days, I think that we are pretty much attached. It's not the fact that it's, of course, let's be, make a parenthesis here. It is scary times because I think there's also lack of information. We are being attacked and attacked. I mean, we're, being, we're dealing with something very precious to us, that it's our health, obviously, and the health of people we love. I mean, it is a difficult year. Don't get me wrong. But regarding the uncertainty, you would just have to try to accept that, no, it's not more uncertain. What happens is that our plans are less likely. And the question is, why are we so attached to those plans? Or in any case, is there no other road to arrive to what is the end goal or the end game of that plan? That is what I'm trying to do with my life now. It's like I have a forecast of what I want in the next year, two years, three years, four years. But every road I decide to get there has been dynamited. You know, <laughs> that was blown. Well, will I surrender my dream? Will I surrender my passion, my goal to COVID-19 and 2020? The answer is no, not a chance. I am not giving up my dream and what I've been working for in the last so and so years. But then I have to now adapt to the new circumstances and find another road. So I think what's happening here is that we have lost, we're not used to this ability. We have this capacity we have of improvising, being creative, being intuitive, being, you know, accepting that, well, that didn't work. Let's forget spending energy on that and let's focus on, well, that did not work. What can we learn? How can we adapt? How can we continue? I think that is the approach of not only 2020, it should be the approach of life. And I think it is a crisis management attitude. And we are in crisis that, I mean, in general, the world is Western society. And I think is the best way to actually deal with this. And on the other hand, you, you know me, how I teach is like, well, and if you don't like this, what's your take on it? You're gonna insist in your plans that are not occurring? Well, that sounds fantastic, you know? <laughs> I mean, we have to admit that we have to adapt. And I think that our capacity to adapt is crucial to the times to come, especially mm -hmm. to be peace. And I love that you're saying, you know, you're repeating this idea of, we do have the capacity to adapt, that we kind of are reminded to trust this inner capacity, this inner intelligence, this inner guiding that we have kind of made it here. So if we have made it here, we are only here because we have faced different circumstances and they may not have sounded dramatic now because I think with time we forget how dramatic certain life situations are. But I think this idea of trusting yourself, your community, you know, your inspirations, your guidance, your creativity is crucial. And I think that is an interesting way to ask this question. So where does Kundalini yoga or I guess any kind of yoga come in for you when we questioning this idea of capacity or finding that capacity within oneself? Well, Kundalini Yoga in specific, that's the one I am well, dedicating more time to. Kundalini talks, the Kundalini energy talks about the potential and creative energy. 
when we think about creative energy, is that what do we think we are creating? Well, what this Kundalini is saying is that we have the capacity to create our own reality. That is what we are creating. Kundalini is telling you the world doesn't come to you, it comes from you. Actually, this is part of all yogas too. So in that sense, what I believe is that the practice of yoga just puts you in the context where you can see how change is inherent in every breath we take. Because I believe that the problem we have with uncertainty is we do not like uncertainty because we love and we want control. But then why do we want control? Well, basically, I believe, of course, this is just my opinion, I believe that we want so much control because we are totally afraid of mistake, of error. It's like somehow when we mistake, it triggers guilt, triggers, you know, self-blame, triggers, you know, self-torture and all of that. If you are a yoga practitioner, if you are a Kundalini yoga practitioner, yoga just puts you over and over and over in the place that the asana that you did great yesterday, you can't do it great today because today, well, your shoulder is kind of funky or, well, you did it perfectly 10 years ago, but now you can't do it. And that is actually what yoga does is with repetition through practice, put you day on and day one day, two days, every day in the fact that everything is changing. Your practice of yesterday is not the practice of today. So if you are able to face this reality of change on a daily basis through yoga, then you somehow, you're kind of buddies with friends. No, it's like, ah, with change, sorry. Your buddies with change. It's like, ah, oh, it's change. I know about it. Don't worry. It's nice. It takes you somewhere. The other time I said, you know, handstands. And when we're younger, handstand is like, wow, it's the place you want to. Let's face it. The, the older you get, handstand, it's less comfortable. And you start swifting, shifting to other asanas. Well, it's exactly what happens. We have plans. Well, they are not happening. Well, let's keep on living. Let's find another way of doing. So yoga, what brings you to the mats, to the life, is that everything is changing constantly. There's a saying, I can't recall from, from where did I read it, but is that there, it's impossible that a person enters the same river because it's not the same person and it's not the same river. Mm -hmm. It's like everything is flowing constantly. So again, Yoga is a reminder, a technique, a method that takes you to that place. And actually, and I'll extend my answer a little bit, also yoga allows you to see the final goal of all these plans and expectations we have. Meaning that if you actually practice with the intention of self-knowledge, hopefully you will arrive to understand what is your soul telling you? And once you realize what your soul is telling you, you realize that what you have to do is keep on trying to manifest and advance that vision of the world. So then how you do it becomes less important than you actually do it. It's like in the words of Simon Sinek, he says, the one important thing is that we keep on walking. How we walk doesn't matter. Just keep on walking. So that is somehow what yoga gives you. And I think that's a crucial element, again, as to how we face change. It's mm -hmm. actually it's a great element of how we face life and mm -hmm. how happy can we be. Yeah, and for me, when I look back, when I joined you guys in 2014, I remember this feeling of 
you know, I failed because I couldn't work out something when I was, you know, in this big corporate job and I couldn't kind of work out how it made me feel. And, you know, there was a blame and, you know, I was kind of putting the responsibility to everyone else. And then suddenly, you know, I was thinking, oh, I'm just going to go and fix myself. I'm just going to go and solve this. And actually what I learned is this idea of this self-responsibility of what my thoughts are creating and how my actions are actually impacting the world, as you say. But I think what for me was crucial, which I think it's hopefully something which resonates with people out there, whether they are already practitioners or are kind of starting, is this sense of community. Mm-hmm. That no matter where I am in the world, there is a yoga teacher, there is a yoga studio, there is a reconnection, there is the sense of family as well, that we are all the same kind of walking different paths, as you say, different rivers, but, you know, listening to each other's stories and seeing each other, it's just actually reminding us that it's not just our own sorrow and pain. We are all sharing this in the world. So yeah, I remember this kind of sense of looking forward to those weekends of teachers training where we were sitting there together as this kind of a bubble, which we created that we can open up and share these emotions and yeah, and I hope, you know, anyone who is out there listening, then they can kind of come to you and kind of join the group. And if they already are, it's just, yeah, invite others in to share this love. Definitely in the Kundalini Yoga, the community element as well, but I believe in all yogas also, is fundamental. And actually, it's nice that you mentioned it because I think that one of the teachings, I live in Mallorca, for those who don't know, in Mallorca, Spain. And in Spain, the management of this element of COVID-19 has been tough. We spent 100 days locked in our houses, basically, you know? So I was thinking, well, somehow this puts on the front line how, because people were going crazy. And I was saying, well, this might be positive because we are actually now living in our skins how important the other is. I need you. Like, even we're always complaining, you know, friends from work, you know, our friends, you know, the neighbor upstairs, downstairs. And people suddenly were in Italy singing in their balconies at six o'clock, you know, just singing to celebrate that, well, they're locked out, but they're still there. They're a live community. So I think that one of the biggest lessons 2020 teaches us is we have to reconnect with this, again, this element we have in us. We are social animals. And we're not here only to agree in what do you do and I do in work. That is one relationship. And obviously, it's a very important relationship. But there are so more to it. There are so many layers of relationships we tend to just not use and not forget. And I actually, I have to say that when I teach and imagine, what I tell them is, guys, forget yoga. We are MCs. We are masters of ceremony, of what? Of creating a safe place for people to come and share. That is what we do. That is what a yoga teacher does. MCs create a safe place so people can come and despite everything, they can sit and feel safe too. Safe to close their eyes, safe to meditate, to laugh, to hug, to love, to cry, to whatever. And we need these safe places. And one of the beauties of yoga is that we end up calling each other communities. We end up, you know, like talking to each other and we don't even know our names. And even most importantly, in this Western world, we don't know what we do for a living. Because when we tell each other, it's like, oh, what do you do? No, I'm vice president of Microsoft. 
Then suddenly you do like, what? And then you get all scared, you know, like status comes, kicks in, yeah. everything's not funky. And you were talking to the guy two seconds ago about pranayamas and everything was cool. So I think that one of the beauties of the community of yoga is that we connect, no labels, we're just are. Of course, again, this is also kind of a romantic vision of it. It gets based on your experience and mine. I'm not saying every community is like this. I'm not saying every place is safe. But what I'm saying is that the community is something we have to put into our equation of life. We are not meant to be alone. And I'm not talking about a partner. I'm talking about a place where we can share. We have lost the tribal knowledge, the ancestral knowledge of the tribes. Women teaching women to be women. Men teaching men to be men all together teaching us to be human. That is what we are trying to reconnect. And yoga is just the excuse because we need something to, that connects us in the first place. But it ends up being just an excuse and you know it. You know it with a community of Imagine that I don't know if you practice with your fellow friends again, but I know surely you've been talking to them. The same with me. So this community element, what I believe is something that 2020 is putting on the table and we have to open our eyes to the importance of it. And I close with, because also this brings that, if there's something that came to me recently, that we are love illiterates. We are love illiterates. We do not manage nuances of love. We just think that when I say I love you, I mean that let's get married. Of course, I'm a traditional guy. Mm-hmm. And, or, you know, it's the romantic love. No, there are gazillion layers of love But of course, if we don't dedicate time to manage these subtleties of love, then you will not have the ability and capacity to enjoy the pleasures of those nuances and subtleties of love. Community is one of those places where somehow you love these guys and you really don't even know where they live. But it is true that you honestly love them to a certain level, but you do love them. So I think that the community also... One thing that we are working is on our capacity of many, many types of love. Mm-hmm. And this, this holding space and, you know, like I have these very many warm memories of just, you know, how many beautiful friendships I have collected literally through spending those weekends together. And it's interesting how we kind of were talking about this 2020. And for me, despite the fact that it's only kind of we are entering September, it does feel like, you know, this reflection of, okay, what have I learned? You know, what is this teaching me? And now as I'm entering the September, you know, 2020, it's like, okay, so what is it I still want to create? What is it I want to take forward? And that brings me to something we discussed is again, this resistance to taking action, this idea of, you know, oh, I'm not going to try it because I may fail. There's someone who is better in this or you know, I'm not going to create a podcast because my English isn't even good enough or maybe, you know, blah, blah, blah. So all the stories. But I think you, you mentioned to me something earlier where you said, you've got to jump before you fly. And I absolutely love this. So can you please expand on this idea of you've got to jump before you fly? Well, you know that I also love, you know, like the business literature, Malcolm Gladwell, Simon Sinek, you know, Seth Godin and all these guys. And I'm not saying they did it, but in this business world, they're using now the word pivots. We are mm-hmm. pivots. 
pivoting, basically, which is basically a nice fancy word for change. So we are pivoting, which is changing, which is basically jumping. Because what's happening here is you can't close life. So, I mean, you don't do some weird stuff, no? But you can't close life. You can't just decide that, well, from now on, I will not live until certain and so and so. You will have to continue living. So perhaps it is a blessing that the things you had planned have not resulted as you planned. Those roads you were working on, perhaps it's a blessing because now you are forced to look at it in a different fashion. Even, I might tell you that sometimes, you know, when it's like a self-fulfilled prophecy, it's like, you, well, you don't like what you do, but well, you've been doing so long, so you keep on doing it. And well, you want to change, but of course, if you've been doing it so long, you keep on doing it, blah, 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 blah. we are 88 and we're bored to death. So <laughs> sometimes situations like this bring us like, if everything came to a halt, your company, your economy, your social life, everything. So if you look at it, perhaps it's like, as you are forced now to redefine anyway, why don't you actually redefine to a place you love? Why don't you actually take the time to sit down and say, well, if I have to pivot or I have to rebuild myself anyway, I mean, you anyway have to do it. This is the premise of what I'm saying. You anyway have to do it. So why don't you just take the time to sit down and say, well, should I just then rebuild myself into that thing I've been dreaming about or that thing I've been postponing for the last 30 years because of my corporate ladder mission I'm going through? Or, you know, isn't it time? It's a question. I'm not telling you what to do. How could I know? It's your life, not mine. But what I'm putting on the table is like, well, in moments like now, you are obliged to jump anyway. Mm. So if we're going to jump anyway, then let's try to fly. We might fall and crash. I'm not telling you you won't fall and crash. But, well, you know what? If I'm obliged to fly, well, I might as well enjoy the fly and, you know, and, or the fall. But, so that is what I'm saying. If we're obliged to jump, at least let's imagine we're flying. Let's put some optimism. Let's put it to this pivot, this change. Let's realign our lives to where we want to take them. Mm-hmm. Because anyway, you will have to adapt and change. This obviously applies to those who have lived 2020 that have shaken, you know, the foundations of their lives. This is not true for everybody. If obviously mm. you're not facing this, well, then thank you for listening. And well, take it as a philosophical idea and approach for the rest of life. But mm. in general, what I believe is like one thing is there are two things I would like to quote is I heard the other day something beautiful that is you will never, ever, ever. Dream the dream God has for you. You will never, ever, ever dream the dream God has for you. Of course, mm-hmm. please work with me. God, universal love, universal mm-hmm. conscience, or whatever works for you. Which means that there is something else that is beyond our rationale, beyond our intellect. Because the way our brains are built is based on past experiences. We are meant to learn from what happened to us in and apply it to the rest of our lives. Therefore, obviously, we are some children of our past. But which means that if something else would have happened, you would have taken other decisions. 
So we then have to be aware that let's not allow our past to define us so much. Let's try to open some space for uncertainty. But let's also somehow add or try to find the synonymous of let's not use uncertainty. Let's use possibility. We are living times of possibilities. Mm-hmm. We are living times where now very talented people are dedicating their time and their efforts to things that if these times didn't come, they would not be thinking about it because they would exactly. be in their normal situation, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Now they're thinking about this stuff. Wow, that's amazing. So one thing is that you will never be able to dream the dream God has for you. And the other thing is that God speaks to us in whispers. Mm. Whispers. So we have to lower the volume. We have to slow down. We need time with ourselves. Oh my God, like in COVID, you know? So, and then in that silence, listen to what life is whispering to you. It has Mm. always been whispering to you. The problem is with all the noise, of our day-to-day, we just can't listen. It's too loud. So what I want to say is, in general, these are times of possibility. We have to learn to live and love change because, by the way, you have no other option. And if you're going to jump anyway, well, you might as well enjoy the ride. Love this so much. And, you know, it comes back to the name, Imagine Academy. And if I go back to my own experience is, you know, you guys have provided this space for me to let my own thoughts and feelings arise to get back to kind of this inner alignment and intuition. And that's all it happened. Like I do wish to say to everyone, okay, Pedro is going to be there to fix you. It doesn't work that way. It's exactly the opposite. It's just you guys are providing a space and, you know, so do many of the teachers out there and many of the kind of, you know, yoga coaches, you know, yoga teachers that, you know, everyone is asking me, okay, so what is really coaching? It's pretty much the same is holding a space for someone. And through series of very good questions, I'm there because I trust that every single one of us have the answers within because the God, as you say, and the God whispers, is it's inside you and it already is. And this capacity to imagine, to dream, to create is within us. You know, this is how we progress. This is where we are. I mean, for the good and the bad. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, that's yes. A, a well, beautiful... sadly, sadly, Sir Ken Robinson died. If you haven't seen it, I think Sir Ken Robinson, Google it, TED.com, the talk, the, the most watched talk, I think at least one of the in TED, he says something that he speaks about how the education system kills creativity and imagination. That is a tremendous problem. I'm not going to be here talking about the education system, but I believe that one of the problems we face as adults and one of the biggest challenges we face when we reach 40, 45, and we really, really want to do something of worth with our lives and leave something of worth behind us, one of the things that happens is that in order to do that, you have to be able to imagine. You have to be able to dream crazy stuff. I'm not talking about planning. Martin Luther King did not say, I have a plan. If he would have <laughs> said, I have a plan, everybody would have walked away. This is not my words. 
This is Simon Sinek's words. And Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. So we have, in order to advance our vision of the world and live the lives we deserve, this is something important, we deserve to live potent, inspired, creative, fulfilled lives. Life is not a to-do list. It's meant to be lived like this. Well, one of the greatest elements of that is, can you even imagine it? Because my friend, the listeners of this podcast, if you can't even imagine it, how are you going to get there? So in that sense, I think that imagination is something we have to learn from our kids. And if you don't have kids from children, but it's an ability, a capacity we need to advance who we are. Mm. Okay, so I am going to leave everyone hopefully as inspired as I am to go on and imagine and, you know, if they don't know how to go out there and ask for help to get together, you know, to join a yoga class, to speak to a friend, to get to the community, whatever they need to do, you know, listen to their children, you know, go and play with them whatever their ways are. But I really, really hope that this has inspired them as much as it did me. And Petro, thank you so much. I'm going to leave all the links in the notes of the podcast that they can go and check you guys out. And it's been such a pleasure. And I feel so grateful right now for you to have uh, yeah, Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time, your attention, for everybody's time and attention. Well, Lucia, congratulations for this beautiful space, this safe place. You have created for us to take time to listen to things that hopefully take us somewhere, inspires us, and makes us imagine a better world. Thank you, Pedro. Gracias. See Gracias. you. Bye bye. See you. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, share it, or tell a friend about it. Until next time.